Hi there. This is the A Lot To Say podcast, a conversation-based project focused on unconventional career paths and the projects that consume us. I'm your host, Gary Williams, or Gaz, as many call me. And A Lot To Say is part of the Alts Project's family of content, uh, obsessing about the overlap between creativity, technology, and culture. I'm fortunate to spend my days working alongside technologists, artists, researchers, and people who just generally give a damn about the world we live in. And I'm very lucky to be able to hear of some incredible career journeys over that time from some really inspiring people. So I am particularly energized by the projects that I hear people are experimenting and tinkering on along the way. And I thought, you know what, it's time to put these stories out there with the A Lot To Say podcast project. I can't wait for you to hopefully discover some new and lesser known stories about the things people get wrapped up in and what led them to this point. This is A Lot To Say. Well, thank you for joining me for episode zero of A Lot To Say podcast. Uh, I really appreciate your time, honestly. And this podcast experiment has been quite interesting. Uh, For context, I'm recording the intro for this preview episode after I've done a number of the interviews. So I've learned a few things along the way um, in terms of, I guess, the intent or purpose of the podcast, Um, obviously improving on interview technique and many other things and also dealing with uh, the usual I guess tech issues that arise um, during scrapping together a, a project such as this you know with this project I really wanted to embrace uh, a DIY feel and uh, some element of a scrappy vibe uh, mixed with um, not being obsessed with perfection so whilst there are some tech issues, uh, in, in certain episodes, for example, I always strive to improve upon it rather than um, view that as a, a massive shortcoming. The emphasis and the focus was always on the guests' stories. And so, um, ironically enough, the tech issues would sit on my side half the time. Now, I'm not going to labor the point with this intro before we kick into the preview episode featuring two dear friends of mine, Emma Forster and Josh Lipscomb. I will say, funnily enough, that it took me all of about five seconds for me to mispronounce Josh's name in this episode. So um, a combination of fatigue and a heavy lisp, I guess. Um, the intentions of this podcast, very much uh, like I've outlined in the intro, I've heard some really fascinating stories from people and I just continually get energized by Uh, stories of people's career journeys, and also the projects that they get mixed up in. Um, It's a way of me hearing stories uh, to achieve, um, let's just say, increased motivation and uh, energy on my end by being inspired by the stories of people that, you know, I'm surrounded by um, on a regular basis. So I thought it'd be a great excuse to put it out there in a podcast. I'm, a, I'm super aware of the massive irony of yet another person just cranking out a podcast during COVID-19 times, but who gives a fuck, you know, honestly, really? <laughs> um, so look, the speaker list, it's, it's really diverse. Uh, people sit across many different realms. We're going to be have a con- having conversations around, uh, cannabis information advocacy, sex tech, uh, investment in emerging startups, social enterprises, you name it. Many, many, um, many, many stories to tell, uh, but I was particularly motivated to break down the divide between, I guess, the 
the categorization of the creative industries on one hand and say the technology ecosystem or industry on the other to me um i don't feel there should be as much separation between the two and i would love to see more of a merging and uh and i guess added emphasis on both of them together Uh, i'm based in melbourne australia and a lot of my guests have started uh, who i've started the podcast with uh, do reside in melbourne but um as the podcast extends and more guests come on board i'll start to break down those borders and um, extend or further throughout Australia, but also throughout the world. So I think that's enough from me. My name's Gary Williams. I've got a background in a number of things, everything from being in bands to uh, working in e-commerce to mentoring emerging startups to running a bunch of events such as Fuck Up Nights, Melbourne Tech, and a a few others. And look, I've got a wide, varied set of interests, um, which is probably probably explains why there's no accident why I'd be creating a project like this. Basically a very good excuse to have conversations with people that really inspire me and have some great stories to tell. So on that, I'm going to leave it. Here's episode zero, the preview episode with Emma Forster and Josh Lipscomb. And I can't wait to have you join me on this project as we dive into a number of really, really awesome stories and conversations. Thanks heaps. Catch you soon. All right. Welcome to A Lot to Say podcast. This is episode zero, the preview episode. And I'm joined by two dear friends, Emma Forster and Josh Liskin. How are you, gang? Hi. Hi. Good. <laughs> First of all, this is super weird, right? I mean, um, you know, I've got you both jumping on a podcast. We're doing this sort of three-way exchange before we, you know, lean into, I guess, a season of a bunch of diverse speakers. Um, how did you feel when I approached you to you know, sort of speak on this um, shindig today. I was like, that's classic Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> Love a last in. minute ring in. <laughs> the harebrained scheme might, might sort of um, float something, something large and, you know, eat into your, um, into your evening. But look, I want to thank you both so much for being here. I mean, the context is we're having, we're running a podcast, a very novel thing, I understand, like a very new and fresh thing um, in the current climate. But look, the, the focus and theme of a lot to say is unconventional career paths and the projects that consume people. And throughout it, I mean, we have a, pe- a bunch of people speaking on this podcast about their life, like how they've sort of found their way to what they're doing now. And also um, less of an emphasis on the businesses and startups that they might have built and more on their capacity to get involved in different projects and collaborate with other people and just explore their curiosity, basically. So... I think it's going to be fascinating, but look, this is just a taster episode. And um, why don't you tell me how you know me? <laughs> Who met Gary first? I reckon. You, you did, did was I it, think. Or I'll go first. Because you guys worked at General Assembly together. Yeah. So Gary, Gary was like roaming around General Assembly like a rash couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> I had like an email from Gary as like a student or like a, he attended an event being like, Hey guys, sorry, I couldn't make the event tonight. And it was like, Oh, who is this guy? He comes to every bloody event and he's apologizing for not attending. But it turned out that Gaz, Gaz actually, um, I hired Gaz <laughs> to work with us at General Assembly. Um, and we became work wife and husband from there really. It was like pretty much. 
run the events, get them in, get the, get the crowds, get the speakers, get the peeps, and it's just evolved really. And I think I think we we both met you, Josh, through through that as well. Yeah, because I yeah. had just started at Inspire Nine not long after Gaz had started at General Assembly. And he was like, oh, yeah, let's do some events together. And I was like, I don't know you, but sure, that sounds great. <laughs> and, and then we started running fuck-up nights kind of almost accidentally. And then it's just, yeah, kind of been loosely intertwined since then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's um, an, a, like a very narcissistic um, ask of you to start it. Like, tell me how you know me. But look, it's um, both of you have been such, um, you know, incredible formative influences on my life um, in, in many ways, but largely about the about the ability to bounce ideas off each other like really freely. And um, I think for me, just finding my way into this really strange space, which was um, very casual and loose, as opposed to my, my previous sort of career stuff, which was, um, you know, in a corporate realm and where I viewed doing things like a band as a hobby, as opposed to developing, uh, you know, a, a series of really crucial skills. Um, that, that really freed me. And so I've always loved um, getting to know you both so much. And obviously it's, it's no accident that we've done so much together over the years. But for those who don't know, General Assembly is uh, an educational institution that's located worldwide. They run a lot of events, classes and workshops. So I found my way into there and, and started to get a real understanding of the startup tech, creative, cultural ecosystem through Emma, colleagues and the events we were running. And then Josh um, was running Inspire9 co-working space, which I also fell in love with. So I think that um, through that process, it was just fascinating and taught me a lot about people and how you uh, do business, I guess. Um, I'm really interested to find out because that's a little bit of overview of, you know, where I came from and in, but why don't you both give me a bit of a rapid fire, um, what types of jobs have you had over your years and, you know, start with what you do now and then go backwards to like give a paint a picture of study leading into all the multiple jobs uh, it's funny because both josh and i work in government now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we sort of i don't know we've we've ended up where we are but um i work in, in the local government space so at the city of melbourne and I'm not from Melbourne, although now I live in the boundary and I work for the city. So that's, um, I'm super Melbourneian now maybe. Um, but I, I grew up in New Zealand, if you can't tell. Some days I have a stronger accent than others, but um, yeah, jobs and bits and pieces. So I guess it kind of started, God, I was a volunteer on a, on a farm, this like, this like farmyard place where we did tours. I made coffee at this store at the beach at the Piha Cafe and I made pies and sandwiches and stuff. Um, got my hospitality chops there. Um, yeah, I, I studied, I actually went to art school and thought I wanted to be a photographer and a designer and I did that for two years and I was like, mm, don't know about that. Um, I created my own street magazine in Auckland and that was super fun and then I wanted to like take it to Melbourne and like kick it off over here. So I sort of started another degree in Auckland, just a Bachelor of Arts, and then was like, no, nah, I'm going to Melbourne. I just fell in love with it, having come over here. And I love the music scene here. I, I actually met some of my dearest friends at like Good Vibes Festival. And I just mm. thought, God, I want to be where all the action is. So um, sort of fell into sort of publishing um, digital media um, and sort of started working in digital agencies. It kind of went from like physical print magazine work to creating websites and then digital marketing and then small agency land and then general assembly and now here we are <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing i mean um 
And how long did it take you to settle into Melbourne? Like, as in truly settle in, like, be, you know, this is home. Like, this is well home now. Uh, two to three years, I reckon. I've been here seven years. So I reckon the first two to three, I had a fairly severe breakup when I got here. Like, I kind of moved in too quickly with my partner at the time, and that blew up. So it was a bit of a nightmare for a wee while. Um, thought I was going to move home. But actually, it was the jobs that, like, I ended up sort of, like navigating my life and meeting people through my work through different jobs and people on the ground and people from Melbourne. And I was like, actually, this is, this is great. So yeah, yeah, I think a couple of years and now I'm just, yeah, I, I love it. What happened to the magazine? Um, it's actually really funny. I've got, I've actually got like the first um, edition like printed on my wall. I, I, I look at it every day. Um, it was a tiny like A5 magazine, like a, oh, I don't even know. 20 page thing and it was the whole idea of it was to bring the online world into the offline world so it was called republication and it was like you know people were like on tumblr and creating blogs this is like 08 09 everyone like that whole people were making their own websites and stuff and i was kind of like hang on let's create something tangible that kind of kind of leads people online and and has a bit of a, a connection so yeah it was super super fun i made four four editions cool yeah amazing <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's continue the common theme of, I guess, um, moving to the big smoke, I guess, um, in some way. But Josh, um, the floor is yours. Um, well, great. Um, I uh, am also not originally from Melbourne. I grew up in Sale in Gippsland. I'm a country boy at heart. Um, there, I moved to Melbourne, I think, 12 years ago or something like that, Nine, 13 years ago. Um, so I've been here for a while now with a short stint in America um, when I was working in San Francisco at a startup there for a little while. Um, but almost every job that I've kind of ever had has been a bit of an accident um, or I've kind of like been very fortunate to fall into the job. So at the moment I'm uh, doing community engagement for LaunchVic, which is Victoria's startup agency um, funded by the Vic government. But before that, I was at Inspire Nine, where I met you guys. Um, before that, I was working at the Queen Vic Market, um, doing events and the night market and really fun stuff like that, uh, running around with all the traders and doing all of that kind of fun activities, very Melbourne. Um, and yeah, I like did hospitality. I worked at a TAB. I did one day I was a door-to-door -door salesman for some random electricity company, which did not work out well for me. Um, and everything has just been, I've been very fortunate to kind of find the right job at the right time, um, which has kind of led me to here. I mean, you both have um, a very, uh, a very uncommon skill set, but one which um, is particularly strong in, um, each of you and that's about I guess that communication of what's going on so uh, our lives are filled up with people I guess asking questions about what's going on in the wider ecosystem and that retention of knowledge and communication back out is um, is a skill like that I guess is uh, learned over time but is um, natural and inherent to both of us how do you feel about um, that as such a common occurrence for, for something that we're very used to now, but um, how could you possibly explain to someone that that would be your job or, or a day to day? My no. friends have no idea. I like some days I have no idea what I actually do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever I yeah get to the end of a week and talk with my friends over a wine or whatever, they're just like, we don't 
that doesn't make any sense. Like, can we just follow you one day to actually understand how you, <laughs> how you go about your day-to-day? Because it doesn't sound like it makes any sense to be an actual job. Yeah. yeah try getting your parents to explain back to you, Josh, what you do. Because, yeah. like, I find that, like, my <laughs> folks are always, like, they're just trying to find some tangible thing. Like, my mum's a teacher. My dad was a pilot. Like, very, you know, straight and narrow. Got the job. Doing the job. 30 years, 40 years. And yeah. it's just super interesting because... um yeah, I'm, I'm flighty. Like I want to try things. I want to do, I want to meet people. I want to try to, you know, I don't really have, I guess it's funny how you explain it, Gaz. It's like, we've got this, um, this skill set. I, I don't even know what, how you'd explain it. Maybe it's just a personality trait. I don't know. I just, I thrive off um, getting shit done, but in a sense of like connecting people and making things happen and just seeing outcomes. Like I really get off on that. So I, it, it, yeah. it's been, I kind of, it, it's a bit of a generalist kind of, set of skills I guess um I feel like one of them is also just like really enjoying and thriving off working in chaos almost as well like organized chaos but a little bit like I feel like our lives are at best of times a little bit chaotic yeah um, work sense I mean I like I have trouble even um explaining what it is as a career you know um you know, when I talk to my friends, you know, my, my real friends, um, not yourselves, but, um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but my family, like I equally struggle, but it's, um, it's interesting because, uh, yeah, the reality is it's, it's a lot of, um, information. It's lots of conversations. Some people will call them meetings, but it, you know, a lot of it is just serendipitous bump-ins to each other, but it's, um, I've just sort of recognized in myself over time that I really like hearing about, you know, emerging projects and, um, and things on the radar and, and the things that people are working on. And I love that, that people are willing to share them and bounce those ideas off people. And so it was a little bit of the inspiration for, um, for the podcast in a way, in that I get really energized by hearing what people have emerging and then potentially communicating that out if it's appropriate to do so. But, you know, for me, I mean, I've, you know, I've like you know, done multiple pizza shops and coffee shops and, worked in sales and JB Hi-Fi and cinemas and video game arcades and corporate life and sales again, you know, it's just been this flow and never really understood where it was leading to. But I, as I mentioned before, I was doing the band on the side and just always viewed that as a bit of a hobby and probably neglected to appreciate some of those skills that I acquired from that and other things that were off to the side and, and now sort of finding um, new ways to apply those skills. So it's interesting to, for a bit of perspective, I guess. Yeah, um, well, those skills, those skills aren't lost to you, Gaz, now. Like, the fact that you're reflecting on them now means that you're like, actually, I'm using those skills yeah. now. Like, it's not lost, luckily. You're just building a new microphone. That is life, right? Building on, building on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've been truly inspired by a lot of the people that we meet out there. But but that's a one common thing between all of us is that we do create, um, I guess you would call them event experiences or ways for people to gather together. And from there, they get to access people in person that they can also uh, associate their life with in some way. So not that this podcast is all based on um, people who only do events, but a lot of the people involved in this are creating experiences or, or capacities for people to interact and engage and find, I guess, a North star to find some parallels to their own life. Mm. But anyway, that's manifested into running a bunch of events together. Josh, you and I have run fuck up nights for Melbourne in Melbourne and Sydney for 
what, four years or something? Almost four, like if we exclude the COVID-19, um, it'd be almost four years. Crazy. Crazy. How have you put up with me? I don't know. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> What's been your most um, significant learning from, from running um, this event with me? From running Fuck Up Nights? Um, the biggest learn. I don't know, actually. I hate being put on the spot like this. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I feel like with Fuck Up Nights, the biggest thing is like we've always been able to make it work. Um, mm. Regardless of event size, venue capacities, forgetting to invite speakers until the day before. Um, it's always kind of, we've always kind of made it work with whatever we had available to us at the time. Um, and I think that's been a really great learning for me. And I take that into other areas of my life, sometimes a little bit too loosely. Um, and, you know, for just not doing anything until the very last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it has helped keep me calm in the face of um, a little bit of that chaos sometimes as well. Yeah, I like what you said about the chaos because it really feels like um, less of a sweating the perfection of things um, throughout, which then has manifested into other ways, like whether it's our work or other projects we get involved in. Yeah. Um, and knowing that nothing has to be perfect to be to still be really great. Yeah, it has been incredible. I think um, particularly in reference to fuck up nights and then other things, it's just developed a love of storytelling. Um, def- definitely a wider appreciation of you know societal themes or, or issues. Um, you know, throughout fuck up nights, we've had um, many discussions or acknowledgements on mental health. So in, in in a way, we we're privileged to be able to sort of be right in front of like some incredible stories and people opening yeah, up. Um, absolutely. And one of the other things that I've loved about fuck up nights is the platform that we were able to provide different people to get up and share whatever story it is they would like to share. Um, and then the, like I love the part where they feel like they've had like a mini therapy session almost by sharing yeah. the story with everybody. But then the people who, either come up to us afterwards or write in afterwards saying how much hearing that story meant to them um, and helps them has helped them realize that they're not the only one going through whatever it is they're going through. Um, that like that connection um, is really quite special. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and M, I mean, you've, um, you've actually um, helped deliver some fuck up nights um, events <laughs> as well, but, but oh, you yeah. and I have done, we, geez, we've done plenty. We've done, yeah. We've done um, hackathons with Movember and we've done various large-scale things that we're just like, what have we gotten ourselves into? I know, but, um, I know. Well, even I was thinking that the storytelling piece, and another one that um, we've been involved with um, is Creative Mornings. And I've yeah. really enjoyed, um, until very recently, having volunteered for that for a number of years. And I still think that's an incredible platform. Just that raw storytelling, like that raw... Um, you know, I think I really admire those who just stand up in front of an audience and it's different now because we're, everything's kind of online and we're doing virtual events, but just the being in a room with someone like pouring their heart out is just like, it's just amazing. I, I draw, I draw energy from that and inspiration from that. So I think yeah, your fuck up nights, creative mornings, any yeah. events, all the panel events that we ran, hearing different yeah. perspectives, um, throwing together like random panels or jumping on them ourselves and, um, you just yeah, or, or flying having... to, you know, we flew, yeah. uh, you know, Sully Hill will be a, um, a guest on the season and uh, delivering Purpose Festival. I mean, we, we all just flew up to Sydney and don't really know who asked <laughs> who, but we just did. <laughs> we just popped in. 
met, met at the airport at 6am and just wandered over to Sydney with um, most of the four. But I think it's really interesting. I mean, this is not a, a COVID-19, um, you know, podcast per se, but it is really interesting when you see things um, removed from you, like in, in ways regarding your livelihood. I mean, there's plenty of people in, in really unfortunate circumstances, of course. and But in some ways, you know, the things we are very, very used to, and for us, it's attending in-person events, etc., and sometimes justifying why events or gatherings are, are so important. So how have you felt over the last, let's call it a couple of months, where, where we have been isolated, mm-hmm. where you started to reflect and reevaluate um, why we gather and, and why it's important to you? Yeah, I... I again it's the it's the drawing the energy i think we spoke a little bit before this there's very much that um screen fatigue and like you know just you know you just end up turning into a screen yourself at the end of the day um but you don't really get the nuances of body language and um you know like even just emotions it's just it's just like a bit of a um it's a screen in front of a screen you know you don't really mm. get that raw kind of emotion and i think um i am missing those and I, I even even events like even sports you know my partner's you know involved with like he's a professional athlete and his whole like career is based on people going to watch sports yeah. um like big big spectacles like that and music gigs like music mm. events like it does seem bizarre to kind of not know when when those will be able to um come back because it's just not the same no um, it's like by having events and going to events and yeah sports or whether it's sports or professional networking or music gigs it's like you you experience this connection these very special connections at these different types of events as well and through the screen you kind of are able to more or less present whatever version of yourself you choose to at the time and so you can never actually know what version of somebody else you're getting either there's so much of a missed connect mm. possibilities of misconnections through this current world um, that you get at real events and live events and you get like the random interactions you yeah. you never know who you're going to meet when you go to spontaneity right yeah yeah, yeah like spontaneity like yeah there's like this like structured um online networking that we can do through events now um with zoom and Airtable and whatever else there is um but there's still so much that's like in the real world or normal real world that is so down to chance um which yeah i miss those like random little you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and I think um, it's funny because the these meetups or, or events that we're talking about. I mean, some would emphasize that a, a massive key important, a key um, part of them, or maybe the only important thing is the networking you can do. But um, yeah, I think I think for the three of us, we've never really cared about that as much. It's not an accumulation of business cards, but it's definitely about um, leaning on and, and enjoying. Um, yeah, those collisions or exchanges or serendipitous bump-ins to people or finding out key bits of information that just sparks your curiosity or, or um, creative urge. Yeah, and I, I, really, like, I really get off on helping people and, like, helping someone, like, succeed in their business or meet someone that's going to help them with whatever. Um, and through events, like, it's so easy to be like, oh, you need to meet Gary or you need to meet Emma and they're right here because they're always everywhere. Um, and, like, you never know what kind of, like introduction you can help someone through um at a real event whereas if it's all online and um very restricted yeah well 
Gang, we're going to wrap up in a sec because um, this is meant to be a taster. I told you we'd probably go for five minutes and we've gone for about 25, but that's okay. Um, we're, we're probably <laughs> the only three who'll be listening to it, so that's all right. Um, <laughs> but I'd love to know your thoughts on the, the environment in which you operate in, in whatever you call a career. Um, how have you noticed that sort of change and ebb and flow over the last, uh, let's say, couple of years while you've been involved in it? Or, or your entry into what you would know as you, your most recent sort of day-to-day consistent environment. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll prep you by letting you think about it a little bit, but I've certainly, I've certainly noticed, um, which is a little bit of an indicator of the breadth of speakers that'll be on the podcast, but in myself wanting to, whether it's curate events or, or for the purposes of this podcast, see a bit more overlap between, say, what we would coin as startup and tech uh, industries or et cetera, and then with the creative and cultural industries. I, I really love that sort of overlap, and that's why I, I love seeing these new applications of technology in the art space or with um, you know, the music industry utilising really interesting stuff in the tech space, which is, which is utilizing people on their front doorstep, you know, right in the city that we, that we love and in many other cities around the world. So for me, that's been a thing. I think it's a want or a willingness to see more and more overlap between what are these separate industries, which are creative and then tech in some way. But I mean, what, what even is a tech industry, you know? I know. It's almost like, like also, what is a startup? Like, I think that's become really like, it's like there's all this, these different schools of thought around, oh, you're only a startup if you're disrupting an industry or you're only a startup if you're like, listen, 10 staff or, you know, there's all these like, technology. Parameters. You've got to be scalable. Yeah. You've got to do this. Yeah. I should have the right definition for this. Yeah. So there is certainly yeah. one. There's a couple <laughs> flying around. But I, I, yeah, I think Gary absolutely agree with you around um, that melding of like, different practitions and and concepts coming together and just seeing what what's created and i think that just goes to that kind of goes along the lines of the way we've all kind of come together and kind of our worlds have collided through through going to events or, and meeting each other through our work but um i think the last couple of years and the last couple of years i have been working in local government so it's been an interesting journey because i you know that that has been a whole new experience for me having worked in that kind of bootstrap rapid fire like quick crazy it's a different kind of chaos in local government i tell you yeah. um but i've enjoyed use utilizing the skills i've created i've developed through working in those small you know startupy innovate innovative sort of small business environment into this context and i think i'm hoping that more and more um our sort of bureaucratic institutions will start to shift in a way that is a little bit more agile and a little more sorry to use the buzzwords but um you know pivot and, and move and move in more malleable ways so i think maybe i'm seeing that i'm maybe i'm being a bit optimistic but just through some of the programs that we've been running like the open innovation competitions and more um focus on um supporting um people that have got ideas and want to prototype things and test things in the environment um yeah i, I think i've rambled on a bit but yeah. No, no. I, <laughs> no, no. And, and, and it does, I, I think um, also, I mean, one common theme that I'm presuming would unearth um, regularly is about um, continuous education, I guess. And for me, uh, like a motivator of, um, say, running events or um, having these catch-ups, which is, you know, which is a, a part of the role. It's like understanding the ecosystem. 
for me, it's like getting educated on what's going in there. So if I want to know more about um, circular economy or, or God forbid, blockchain, <laughs> and I often find it's like a really easy way to, to basically create, a, create an event experience and have people talk about the concepts. I actually start to get my head around it a lot more. And, and that, that again segues back into why, why I run events. It's because I know at the very least it'll have most of my attention um, at an event as opposed to we're talking consuming large amounts of video content as a, um, as a distinction. What about yourself, Josh? Over the uh, last couple of years and how you've seen things so validate I, or things change? I often strangely think um, back to when I was in grade six, we had, I don't know who it was, someone from somewhere, I was 12, I can't remember who it was, come to us and gave us a talk about our futures and like our future careers and what to study and all that kind of stuff. And I remember he said to all of us, he was like, you will all work in jobs that do not exist yet in the next 20 to 30 years. And it's weird that like, I, this is like really stuck um, in the back of my mind because my job and like my like weird area of career that I sit in um, has changed a lot since I sort of started working in the startup space as well, like through Inspire9. Um, and so like with Launch Vic, we're government, but we're also almost a startup ourselves um, in the way that we operate and the way that we run and the way that like the team's grown and developed over the last couple of years as well and where it's going um, to. And so I think, which is, I think a bit of a reflection of the actual startup ecosystem. It's growing quite quickly and maturing quite quickly as well. Um, there are so many, we have so many startups now. We have so many programs supporting startups. We have so many people that are, actually taking startups seriously as well. Um, you have big corporates and uh, former government people quitting their, you know, really comfortable, cushy, well-paid jobs to actually branch out and start these companies with actual belief and support from not themselves, but like their families and not just themselves, but their families and their friends and their, you know, whoever else as well. Um, and where I sit in all of this, um, my, like role with like community engagement and things like that has kind of gone from a much more fluffy kind of don't really understand how to measure that impact. Don't really know if there is much of an impact to figuring out ways um, to sort of actually measure what that actually means um, for like startups or for government or for corporates or whatever it is as well. Yeah, and obviously there's there's a I mean a massive amount of work uh, to put some tangibles on it. Um, massive amount of work in the diversity space um, within there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we do a lot of work championing um, and advocating for diversity and inclusion across like the entire sector. I I tuned into Innovation Bay. They're doing weekly breakfast at the moment, and on Wednesday it was really great. Sally Ann Williams uh, from Google was on there, and she had a someone asked a question about diversity, which was like sort of like geared towards the male versus female. And she kind of just came in and she was like, nah, let me tell you about diversity. Diversity is this, 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 this. Gender is just one of the many things. And it was really great like to see um, someone like, and I know Sally Ann does a lot of advocacy in that space as well, but it was just really fucking cool. Um, mm. She just like kind of schooled them in a really nice and um, gentle manner, but it was just really great. Yeah, yeah. And look, I would say by the same token, um, I've certainly, learned a lot more about myself um, since coming into um, 
this space and I like I don't say that there's any great catalyst for for people to direct who to suddenly understand or you know god forbid get woke but um but I definitely recognize in myself that I was largely um a little sheltered in my thinking beforehand so that's why uh, the people we surround ourselves with yourselves and and many others we've met along the journey have um yeah been really formative in sort of you know re re reshaping my, my mind and my perception of the world we live in so um Ah, it's me with my inner ramblings, I guess. <laughs> when it comes to that, like, you just don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. Yeah. Like, well, I think, it? yeah, no, it does. <laughs> and that's, that's the underlying message, like, you know, get curious about what's going on. And, you know, I, you know, if there is causes that you do believe in, I mean, the base level thing that you can do is to get educated at least on, mm. on those issues. That is the most basic easy oh, to access have, part have an open mind like, yeah yeah have an open mind it's so fucking easy to learn like we're mm -hmm. all glued to our computers all day for work just hi google um but also all the events that you run all the events at general assembly or like any of the events around melbourne that they're all like designed in some capacity to educate people yeah um, that's right that's right free your mind I'm going to wrap this shindig up. So um, I want to thank you both so much for joining. You were the, you were the two, the only ones I could have possibly asked to um, to do this, you know, intro episode. But um, the reason is because you've had such a big influence on me. We're gonna we're gonna start the podcast. Um, I'm just like every other person that started one, you know. <laughs> but for but for me, it's about. You know, it's, I've been really lucky and privileged to have met um, some really wonderful people over the years that do things in a number of different um, industries and forums and um, have different sort of beliefs. And uh, I love some of the stories I've heard over time. So it'd be a shame not to try and put that out there to the world and, ha and hopefully see some people connect with that and, um, and get more curious in the process. Yeah, I'm thrilled you're doing this. Oh, been talking yeah. about this for so long. Oh, so Hello. long. Guys, just I know. Out bloody time, mate. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Well, let's leave it there. So I want to thank you heaps and um, we'll catch up again soon enough, it, not yeah. in isolation, but until then, catch you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.